welcome to another episode of the Community World Podcast with your host Miguel Valdez and I'm here with Jim Leone. Jim, how are you doing? Doing excellent today. So tell me Jim, why are you here today in Denver, Colorado? Well, the Public Health Conference is a great session to be able to advocate for men's health and men's health policies. So you work in that field with on men's health? I work in the area of academics, so I teach in health and public health promotion, but one of my main areas of interest are men's health. I've been working in that area for over 10 years now. So where are you located? Where, where you came from? Uh, my university is up in Boston. I work out of Bridgewater State University as well as Northeastern University. And how did you get into men's health? Did, I mean, it's always been your field or? Ironically, no. So I started in sports medicine and I worked a lot with athletes and of course athletes get injuries and I noticed a trend between the male athletes and the female athletes a lot of the male athletes would shy away from me they wouldn't talk about certain things so it kind of got me thinking about how do we connect more of what we do with men to what motivates them to act upon their health issues whether it's an injury or something that's more in the mental health field how long have you been in this field? Um, I've been in, involved with men's health probably for over 10 years Um, but I've been teaching and in academics for about 15 years now. And what is it? Have you seen a, a trend over those 10 years? What is the, I don't know, issues that have been the more uh, disparities on men's health? Yeah. Um, I think nowadays we have some really good movement towards men being more accepting of their health and health consequences. Even though men still have poorer health outcomes than females in the United States, Um, I've seen men take a little bit more ownership over their health and their health problems. They're more willing to talk about their health problems. Uh, talking to some other colleagues, it also could be related to the millennial generation where things are a little more relaxed with gender roles and gender norms. So in 10 years, I've seen men go from more rigid and not talking about certain issues to more open to at least willing to talk, maybe not acting upon it, but willing to talk. Yeah, because usually... I do a lot of social media and, and I see a lot of people doing tweet chats, but I don't see as many for men's health or men's issues. What would it be on your top of your list uh, on men's health that would you like to be tackled? Or I think it goes along with what the theme of this conference is about. It's getting men's health into policies. Uh, we do a lot of individual work with men, individual men, but policies are something that's going to stay there and allow us to do the work that we're already doing. So I think one of the key top interests of mine is to make men's health a visible, real, living policy that allows us to continue the work that we're already doing. Okay, for somebody who's listening, listening to our podcast and they're not familiar, how policies get and, and you know, to become a... Well, is that a law or a policy? What is the difference? Um, well, a policy is a starting point, you know, something that we can start the discussion and start holding people and in, in organizations accountable for what we do. Uh, talk is cheap, as they say, right? So policy allows us to take that talk and make it something where we're aware of it, we're aware of our actions and behaviors. So if a company doesn't have a policy on discrimination, for example, discrimination could occur and there's nobody really held accountable so what we're trying to do in men's health especially the groups I work with is create that policy so that we can say uh-uh you know you can't exclude men and boys from your programs we can't uh, have money allocated without including people so uh, one of the big issues in men's health is making sure it's inclusive not divisive not taking anything away from women children uh, but incorporating men in the overall policy And how do you engage community members to be part of this policy from the beginning? Mm -hmm. I think it starts with 
appreciating the role we all have in society, right? The role of family, the role of fathers, the role of um, men in, in most people's lives, right? We, we can't avoid it. Uh, so I think in the community level, it's, it's showing the value of men that currently do the things they do in work settings, in family life, and then also understanding what are the repercussions of not having them in family life as fathers, as contributing members to society. So I think it's kind of balancing it out with the positive. I like to look at it from a strengths-based model, not deficit, right? It's not what men are not doing, it's what they can do given the right setting. Any campaign that you think has been the most successful with men's health? I think there's a lot of campaigns out there that have been excellent. Uh, just because they don't have high visibility doesn't mean they're not doing wonderful work. Some of the colleagues uh, that I've been chatting with at the sessions here do a lot of work through their hospital organizations. Uh, the men's health movement, uh, Movember, for example, has done a lot of visibility with No Shave November. Uh, Integris Healthcare has done a lot of community engagement in the Oklahoma area. Uh, the Men's Health Initiative down in Orlando, headed up by Mike Rubito, have done really, really good community engagement strategies uh, that have gotten men, the target men that they're working with, uh, to these sessions to become more aware and become better members of their families and their society. Okay. Well, thank you for all the work you do. Question. When you used to do sport medicine, do you work with any professional athletes? Glad you asked that. So as I'm sitting here in Denver and I can see, uh, you know, these beautiful stadiums and whatnot, I used to work with the New England Patriots football team. Uh, so right before uh, Tom Brady took over as the quarterback, it was Belichick's first year, I did a lot of sports medicine work with the New England Patriots. And it's interesting because the men's health topics that I talk about, whether it's um, community level sports, high school sports, it translates all the way up to the professional level. So it's really interesting to see that there's really no difference in terms of genders and bodies. It's just a matter of what egos we put behind it. So, yeah, I've done some really, really cool work. I've been able to really meet some great people, and including here at the conference. So, great opportunities. Great. Do you think the Patriots have a chance this year? I'm not even going to answer that. That, that. That's a foregone conclusion, let's put it that way. Okay. Jim, thank you for the work that you do and uh, for being part of our podcast. Please follow us on Twitter on their Community Board podcast, on Facebook, also on Community Board, or find us. Uh, we're going to be plugging the link of the men. Uh, what is the name of the group that you belong? Uh, the Men's Health Caucus of the APHA. And do you guys uh, have chapters all over the country, or how that works? Can you describe it? Uh, the Men's Health Caucus is part of the American Public Health Association um, caucus system, or it started as a special interest group, so we don't have affiliates throughout the country. Um, each state does have usually a public health board, so I think that's one of the advocacy parts of this piece and others is encouraging each person from each of their states to get more involved with their local public health board or their state public health board to establish a dialogue around men's health. Okay, so what would... It the first step somebody who would like to open a chapter caucus in their county or public health what would it be the first approach i would say speak to the correct people at the local boards of public health or the state board of public health attend their meetings make your voice voice heard make your voice known and present and enc encourage other people that are already doing this work to kind of give their testimonials of why men's health and men's health policies and government actions make a difference in terms of overall public health Thank you. And pleasure to meet you. Bye bye. All right, guys, follow us now and on our next episode. And we'll be tuned here in Denver, Colorado. Bye bye.